0: Welcome to Wellness Now, a health and wellness information program brought to you by ValleyWise Health and District Medical Group. Each week we go in depth with different healthcare experts on some of your top health questions, getting answers to help you live your best life. Hello and welcome to Wellness Now, presented by ValleyWise Health and District Medical Group. I'm your host, Dr. Michael White. Being sick is never fun, and we want you to know how to feel better as soon as possible. So when it comes to the cold or flu, Knowing how to tell the difference is a great way to get the right treatment you need. Helping us understand the differences between the cold and a flu is Dr. Bahar Tabarsi, a district medical group physician at Valleywise Health. Dr. Tabarsi, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Let's start with the common cold. What causes a cold?
1: Well, there are many viruses that can cause the common cold, but of course the most common is the good old rhinovirus.
0: When we talk about rhinovirus, what are some of the symptoms that people have of a cold that may be caused by this virus?
1: So often patients get a stuffy, runny nose. You can get a sore throat, some body aches, fevers, and you just may feel
0: crummy. How long do these symptoms typically last if it's a cold?
1: Usually in healthy individuals, colds tend to get better on their own in a matter of a few days, lasting maybe up to a week, but often they get better.
0: Are there any specific treatments and things that you recommend, such as over-the-counter medications or medications that you may have to come in and see your physician for?
1: Right, so unfortunately, to this day, there's no cure for the common cold. I wish there was, but there's no cure for the common cold. But some old, well-known remedies may make you feel better. So the first thing is probably staying hydrated, whether you use warm liquids or cold liquids, good old chicken soup. We want to avoid alcohol and caffeinated beverages because they will probably um, be counterproductive and actually cause you to get more dehydrated. If you're able to use salt water gargles to soothe a sore throat, uh, that can be helpful. So I, I, um, You know, a small amount, a quarter teaspoon to a half teaspoon of salt in eight ounces of water, swish it around, gargle it. Don't recommend it for children though. So six to seven and under are probably unable to do a good job gargling, so. um, But for adults, it can help soothe your throat. To kind of help with congestion and stuffiness, you can use, again, the warm liquids or or a humidifier, sometimes a cool mist humidifier. We don't recommend warm or hot humidifiers anymore because of uh, you know, burn risks to children, as well as nasal uh, saline, drops or sprays, whatever whatever you like, it can help sort of with, uh, with congestion. And then of course for the aches and pains and to relieve body aches, you can take over-the-counter Tylenol, Acidaminophen or um, Ibuprofen. When it comes to children, I always recommend talking to your family physician or your pediatrician because uh, medicines for children have to be based on their weight and dosed properly. So Tylenol you can probably do based on the package uh, over-the-counter ibuprofen we don't recommend in children under six months. so again always check with your uh, with your doctor as well if you are going to try, other over-the-counter medications, and you're pregnant, uh, nursing for for uh, children, and if you have other chronic medical problems and are taking other medications, you wanna be careful because the over-the-counter cold and cough medications can always interact uh, with your other medications plus there isn't a whole lot of evidence behind those medications so again if you don't have to i personally don't uh, recommend taking a whole lot of those uh, uh, stuff that you see there's you know aisles of it at the drugstore but uh, probably best to avoid those medications honey can sometimes help so of course not for children under one but uh, honey has uh, been shown sometimes to help with cough. But most of all, we need rest. I think in our culture, we don't um, take the time we need uh, to rest from illness. So um, your body does need rest during times when it's fighting a cold or a virus. And so
0: you'd mentioned that, you know, there is no cure for this particular type of illness. Why is there no cure that we've seen to date for this?
1: Well, probably because it has the same reasons maybe why we don't have a vaccine yet for the common cold, because there's actually 160 or so different strains of the rhinovirus. So in order to come up with a vaccination that works against each one, it would uh, you know, it would be a big job for someone to take on and we'd be getting vaccinated. And this is probably why, um, unfortunately, if you do get a cold, you can get another one. And so it goes back to being that, that there's just so many different uh, strains of the rhinovirus, unfortunately. And then there's the other viruses that also cause, uh, cause the common uh, cold. What I do want to mention is that what doesn't work for the common cold is antibiotics, so please do not ask your doctor for antibiotics because um, it can actually lead to antibiotic resistance and we don't want to be prescribing antibiotics uh, which work for bacteria for uh, the common cold which is called, uh, caused by a virus.
0: If you're just tuning in, we're talking about the difference between a cold and the flu and how to feel better sooner. Valleywise Health offers exceptional healthcare at several locations across Maricopa County. If you need medical care or have questions for one of our physicians, visit valleywisehealth.org to get started. Now let's talk about the flu. What causes a flu?
1: So the flu is caused by the influenza virus, and there are several types of influenza virus, but most most influenza is caused by influenza type A and B and some C, but much more defined than the common cold, which we talked about has hundreds of different
0: viruses. What are some of the differences between the symptoms that you may get from the flu versus those that we may get from a cold?
1: So the flu, we worry about certainly more. The flu can have a higher burden of disease in our society. We know that it can cause uh, much more illness um, and even, even cause death. Uh, In 2019 to 2020 flu season, there were um, estimated to be 18 million medical visits, 400,000 hospitalizations, and uh, 22,000 deaths due due to the flu. So the symptoms are often more abrupt. Um, Body aches can be worse, Um, fever, potentially higher fever and less, if you have it, less kind of stuffy nose, congestion. Um, But the flu can certainly have a lot more serious consequences.
0: How often do the typical symptoms last for somebody that has the flu?
1: So the flu again, in healthy individuals, you should be able to uh, within five to seven days feel better. It can last up to even a week or two, uh, but most healthy individuals uh, will manage to, to heal themselves uh, within a week or so.
0: Again, you know, this is caused by a virus and we talked about not antibiotics being useful in the cold, Are there treatments that are useful here in the flu that we may use that aren't present in those that we see for a cold?
1: Right. So the same symptom relief that I mentioned with the common cold can be used for the flu. But the nice thing and the fortunate thing with with the flu is that we do have some antivirals that... Um, that can help. The recommendation is to, uh, to use these antivirals in patients who are at higher risk for complications from the flu, uh, but uh, thank goodness that we do have some medicines that we can use. Now, these antivirals don't, um, mm-hmm. they're not necessarily a magic bullet. They usually reduce the duration of the illness of, of influenza by about 24 hours and can prevent serious complications, which is what we really want to avoid. But don't expect that, you know, you wake up feeling fluish, to, you know, tonight or tomorrow you get your prescription for that antiviral and by tomorrow morning you're, you're able to be back uh, to good as new. So not quite that way, but we, we certainly do have um, antivirals that we prescribe.
0: You know, one of the other differences here is oftentimes that we can get immunized or a shot against the flu. Why is a flu shot beneficial? And about what time of the year should we start to think about getting a flu shot?
1: Yes. So the biggest takeaway, I think, from our conversation is get vaccinated. So the flu, uh, unlike the common cold, is uh, preventable. Time of year, usually we want to, um, kind of like the COVID vaccine, it takes a couple of weeks for you to build up immunity and have produce those antibodies. So you want to get uh, vaccinated early in the fall and um, you know, peak flu season happens around late winter up to even March. So the recommendations are even if you didn't get your vaccine, you know, in January, February, you know, go ahead. And if that's the only time you can get it, get it. But the main, main, um, advice is to get vaccinated and get vaccinated early in the flu season. So very early fall, um, check with your with your doctors and see if they've got the vaccine in and get that shot.
0: Why does flu have a season? Why do we have to do this every year? And we are concerned about that time of the year, early fall into the winter months, and then we often don't see it in the spring and the summer.
1: Right, so I have a little trivia. For you, Doctor White, I love it. <laughs> so, the do you know where influenza gets its name?
0: I do not. So,
1: influenza comes from the original Italian name influenza di Fredo, meaning "influence of the cold." So, influenza. There's there's various theories, but really, I think uh, the two that most commonly is cited is that there's been some experiments showing. That the influenza virus likes cold, dry air, so it just it tends to survive in in cold, dry air. So it, depending on where you're living in the universe, in the world, you know if uh, if the cold season happens to be in June, that's when it'll be flu season. So for us here in the United States, of course, it's during the winter months when the air is uh, is cold and dry, drier. And then the other theory is people gathering more indoors causing the spread of, of the flu, which is, uh, you know, it's a respiratory virus, so it's spread through droplets, talking, sneezing, and then you, you catch it, of course, if you're in close quarters.
0: Dr. Baharik Tabarsi is answering your top questions about cold and flu. You can make a virtual or in-person appointment with a district medical p- group provider at Valleywise Health by calling 833-855-9973, Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., or by visiting valleywisehealth.org and clicking the book appointment button. So, you know, we've talked about a cold and the flu. How can you tell the difference between the two, you know, for the typical person?
1: So sometimes it's actually not easy to be able to self-diagnose yourself and to figure out what you have because they can have uh, some similarities. But again, I think we mentioned it, the main difference is, is that Uh, influenza tends to come on a little bit more abruptly. It doesn't have so much um, of the runny nose congestion, although it could. And um, it, it may be more associated with just feeling crummy, having body aches, having fevers. And so for particularly for patients that are in that group, and I, you know, we'll talk about it, but patients that are in the group of having complications or for pregnant patients, it is important to check in with your doctor and, and, um, have that visit to know because for influenza of course we can we can test and we can we can know if it is the flu and we can um, manage it properly.
0: So you know that actually leads very well into my next question. When is it time to stop trying to treat this at home with some of the uh, -the over-the-counter medications and some of the symptom relief that you had described earlier and it's time to see your provider um, around you know having a consultation for other treatments?
1: So again, uh, patients who are pregnant, children, especially um, younger. So for children, the risk of complication goes higher from zero to six, then it goes again uh, from six to two years old, and then two to five. So the younger you are, the complication is is higher. So um, for the young babies, for pregnant patients, and for uh, patients who are either immunocompromised or have other chronic medical illnesses, check in with your doctor early. And and from there, you'll get guidance as to whether you should be seen to at least get tested to know what we're dealing with. And then of course, you know, if, if you are having uh, complications of the flu, having uh, trouble breathing, very high fevers, a severe sore throat, unable to swallow, uh, or a cough that's producing a lot of green uh, phlegm, you definitely would want to contact uh, your, um, your clinician. And then for children, uh, you know, if they're having rapid labored breathing skin color changes, not able to maintain uh, intake, hydrating well, all those things, lack of urinary output, those are definitely times where you need to either go to an emergency room, call your doctor right away, and, and get checked. You
0: know, we talked about earlier about some of the fluids and staying hydrated about drinking, you know, around that. Are there specific fluids that you recommend that we do drink outside of alcoholic beverages, around that, of course, around that, or foods that we should eat while we're sick to help us recover more quickly?
1: You want to, as far as fluids, thinking about fluids, so sometimes we, we talk about clear fluids, so clear broth, mom's uh, chicken soup <laughs> always works well. Um, warm water with some lemon uh, and honey may make it much more palatable. For children, uh, you know, they do sell the Pedialyte on electrolyte water, so important to stay hydrated. Really, any clear fluid can help, but again, avoiding um, caffeinated beverages in addition uh, to alcohol is, is important.
0: What were to happen if a cold or flu goes untreated? What are some of the complications that we worry about Um, that may affect us more long-term.
1: While you don't, uh, you can't necessarily prevent getting a common cold, you can help yourself by getting vaccinated and not getting the flu, exactly because the flu can have complications and even be deadly. So complications can include a superimposed, what we call a bacterial infection. You can get sinus, ear infections, pneumonia, um, your chronic illness. If you suffer from asthma, your asthma can, uh, can really become exacerbated by a respiratory infection. You can have um, sometimes inflammatory reactions. So inflammation even around your heart or brain called encephalitis. So really uh, sort of bad complications can happen. And this is why uh, you want to be very preventive and, um, and avoid getting the flu if you can.
0: So how can we prevent from catching some of these viruses so
1: i think now that we've the world has gone through COVID, geez we must be experts <laughs> at preventing uh, respiratory uh, infections but uh, the, the same things that we've been hearing over and over over the past uh, you know year and a half f- with the flu in particular please get your vaccine but as well hand hygiene avoiding close contact with others that may have uh, the flu. And if if you are sick, maybe put a mask on yourself. Uh, so,
0: um,
1: you know, uh, you can use alcohol-based hand rubs uh, again, and uh, staying away from touching your face, uh, nose, mouth in particular. So all the things that I think now, now we know well, covering your cough.
0: If you're sick, how can you help prevent spreading this in your own home to those that you may have close contact with.
1: Right. So in your own home, and I am an expert at this because we had a COVID incident in my own home, and I am proud to say my other family members, including myself, did not catch COVID. Wonderful. So <laughs> I uh, isolate, if you can, if you can uh, isolate the the person who is um experiencing a cold or flu uh, into a space of their own or if not just avoiding close contact wiping down surfaces and you know not sharing utensils things like that because with influenza it can potentially as well be on hard surfaces but the main thing is that it is a respiratory droplet, so just avoiding close contact. And if you can, now masks are sold everywhere. You can wear masks during that time at
0: home. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about the difference between a cold and the flu and how to feel better sooner. You know, one of the most common questions that we often get, you know, with people that have a cold or the flu, you know, type symptoms is how long until you're no longer contagious and can go back to either work or if we're with our children, you know, send them back to school.
1: So for those of you that have children, we all know the rule, 24 hours, fever-free, without medication. I think this is where it gets a little tricky because, and I understand this myself, as a working mom, you feel like, let's give the kiddo their Tylenol and send them off to school because then they won't have a fever. But really still, unfortunately, uh, children are contagious until their own bodies are fever-free for 24 hours, as well as others. It gets a little bit trickier, though, because you don't always have to have a fever. So you may be asking, well, if I never had a fever, then how do I know if I'm ready? Mm -hmm. So again, usually people with flu the most contagious time is the first three to four days you can't even be contagious however even up to a day before having symptoms that's a little bit harder to tell but during that initial few days is the most contagious period and then once you're uh, clinically feeling better and fever-free 24 hours you're probably good to
0: go it's really you know good advice if you're feeling sick and you're not feeling well, or if your child's feeling sick and not feeling well, with any of these respiratory symptoms, it's probably okay to stay home to decrease the risk that you're gonna transmit any of these types of viruses Absolutely. to those around you Absolutely. Um, from there, so of that. Are there certain people that are more susceptible to these cold and flu viruses than others?
1: Yes, so we always talk about the young and the elderly, right? So patients who are over 65 years old, children under five, but again, as I mentioned, that risk to children becomes higher the younger. So again, under two higher, under six months probably highest. And then other patients with chronic medical illness, so patients who have underlying diabetes, asthma, heart disease, or weakened immune systems, uh, patients with HIV or going uh, undergoing chemotherapy for cancer. All those patients, as well as pregnant women, are at uh, higher risk, as well as patients um, with obesity, a BMI over 40, does put you in the higher um, category.
0: Again, as we're coming down out of the pandemic where we were all wearing masks and really doing a lot of work around you know hand hygiene and things like that, are we starting to see more people um, that getting sick now that we're not doing some of these things as vigilant as we were doing you know earlier this year and last year?
1: not sure if in my practice, I'm. if you're asking if I'm seeing more flu right now, we're not quite there as far as flu season. Um, but yes, I think um, we will probably see the return of flu and cold this season if, of course, we're not doing what we did. We hardly saw much flu when we were all masked and, and being uh, really careful.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think we're we're in to see how our behaviors you know, impact viral transmission, you know, this fall and this winter as we kind of relax of where we were last year. As we've talked about doing the flu shot and the importance of getting the flu shot every year, you know, one of the things that makes people hesitant to do that is they believe they're going to get the flu from the shot. Does that occur? Do people get the flu from the flu shot?
1: No, the flu will not give you the flu shot. Sometimes what may happen, just like the COVID vaccine, is that you may feel a little bit achy, or you may just get the flu shot, but then get a common cold, like we talked about, right? So these viruses are unrelated, but the flu vaccine will definitely not give you the flu. It'll only prevent you from getting complications uh, from influenza.
0: Now, as we're ending our time together today, are three things that people can do to take action and keep them and their loved ones healthy and avoiding uh, some of these cold and flu viruses?
1: I would say all three things are vaccinate, vaccinate, vaccinate. <laughs> so I, I, but in all seriousness, I think it, you know even even with COVID, um, it's a shame right now to see patients who who could have been vaccinated not not getting their vaccines, and the same goes with with flu. You know, nothing is a hundred percent, but at least you know you've given yourself the best chance that you can give. And if I can just put in a plug here, um, you know, I know. There is a lot of vaccine hesitancy, um, especially among certain patient population. I'm an immigrant myself, and uh, I I think among certain patients, there is uh, quite a bit of um, mistrust of vaccines. But I can't emphasize enough, you know, vaccinate yourself, vaccinate others uh, who qualify in your family for influenza children over six months. Qualify to get vaccinated, so um, that's the best thing probably you can do is just prepare and to put that on your calendar. And then the other things is of course keeping yourself healthy. You know, getting good food and exercise. If you are, we I just mentioned obesity does put you in a higher class. Uh, for complications of the flu. So, you know, start a program to reduce your weight if you know you're in that category and, and get yourself as healthy as you can to prepare for what's ahead.
0: Dr. Barji, thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear something again, you can access all of our blogs and podcasts at valleywisehealth.org slash be well. Thank you all and we'll talk again soon. Week. We hope you enjoyed listening to Wellness Now, brought to you by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. If you're looking for more information about what you heard today, visit us online at valleywisehealth.org be well. There you'll find blogs, podcasts, and information about the health care providers you heard on the show. You can even book an appointment at a Valleywise Community Health Center near you. That's valleywisehealth.org be well. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.